0: There, aren't, there are many people in this country who are followers of Christ. There are precious few who are followers of Christ to the extent that Jerry has proved over the years since he was saved. And to honor that, God has done many things with his life. Certainly, this is a God-sized vision that God has given him in this place. It's a long been a long journey for him to get to where they are. I don't think that I can... Understand fully, my son-in-law went to Tanzania two years ago with a friend of his from a local congregation close by, and they spent a week there and saw the village and saw what was going on there, and it, it certainly had an impact upon their lives as well. Jerry has many stories to tell about how God has saved him and delivered him as he has continued to minister in that place. Now, for us, when we talk about being delivered when we talk about God being our refuge, we sometimes tell stories that have impacted our lives and how we have felt about them. And as we search for the answer to the question, where is security to be found in this this world? uh, We have to ask ourselves the the question, uh, whom do we trust? Who is it that we can go to who can be our refuge? Now, some who heard last Sunday's, Uh, sermon, we're a little bit concerned about the fact that I I said statements like God is not choosing to directly cause every event that goes on in heaven and on the earth, and God is not one who has thrown aside the free will of human beings often, and for many that was a disturbing thing for a pastor to say because we all want to live with the idea and the theology that says God is our refuge and our strength and that God can be counted on. To enter into our lives. And some people heard in last Sunday's sermon a, a truth that they thought would override anything else they understood in Scripture. So, that Sunday, it seemed prudent to choose a text, which, by the way, was a check, text out of the lectionary, a three year reading cycle that just happened to follow the text that I used last week out of my own uh, feelings and direction from God. So, the text this week is from Psalm 71. Um, that uh, was read to you early earlier, I think addresses that idea. You see scripture is a book that is filled with with contradictions or tensions, i like to say rather than contradictions it 's a book that is filled with stories that seem one way when you look at it in one particular direction, and then in another place in Scripture, you'll read a story that seems to say something quite different from what you read in the story before. You see, God's plan was for people to take all of the Scriptures and the process by which they became Scripture and how they evolved over centuries and thousands of years in relationship and understanding with God. God intended us to so study the book that we would take its whole in order to formulate distinct ideas and parts for us. Unfortunately, so many of us Bible-believing Christians understand so little about the Bible that we're not able to make connections. We're looking for the short version, especially in this land called U.S. of A., right? I mean, in our country, we like things quick. We don't even have time to cook. We use microwaves, right? Right? We don't have time to do a lot of preparations. We use fast food. If you don't believe it, just circle your block. There's bound to be three or four fast food places right around you because we don't have time to cook. It's a phenomenon in our nation that that's the way we are eating these days. That's just a small reflection of who we are in many ways. One of those things being we seldom take enough time to really study the most important things in the world. We wait for the preacher to tell us what we're supposed to believe. Now, I'm glad you do that. It makes a nice living for me, and I'm comfortable, and I'm secure, and I'm needed, because a lot of you don't know much about that book. You'd rather me just tell you. There's a certain amount of danger involved in that. There's a certain amount of danger in hearing the Scriptures only from what someone else tells you, because it's never appropriated through someone else as clearly and learned as well as it is when you absorb yourself with the words of Scripture over a period of years. Psalm 71 is written by an older man. It's not written by a child. It's written by a person who's lived long enough to know that we all need a refuge from time to time. So I do not want you leaving this house thinking only about last Sunday. I want you to put this Sunday with it. It's true people have free will. It's true there are things going on, on this earth that God normally and often allows to happen in his presence because that's what the world needs in order to live. It is true that gravity is real. If you jump off of a the Empire State Building, and on the way down, you pray, God, save me, God will holler, you were crazy. You are not going to be saved. You're going to die. But there are other times in your life when you may be, find yourself in midst danger and perilous times and you may out God, may holler out, God, save me, and to your astonishment, God will do so. You know, when we tried to talk to Jerry a little little bit, what can we say to people to make them feel safe in coming to Africa? And he looked at us like we were all from a foreign world or something. he kind of said, well, you're coming on God's mission. You'll be safe. Just saying. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's surrounded by an electric fence. And yeah, there's animals of all kinds just around the corner and they're strange, weird people, but Jerry says you'll be safe. You heard him, right? So if you want to go to Tanzania, buy yourself a ticket, have Jerry meet you at the airport, and you'll be safe. My, bro- my son-in-law came back, so I assume it worked. You know, if you're going to send somebody, a son-in-law, right? <laughs> or maybe a nephew. You know, you never know, John. You know, you never know. But the reality is... God is our refuge and is our strength. That's what this man is saying. We all, from time to time in our life, face difficulties. We face struggles. I can assure you that when those times come your way, that when you cry out to God, that God will be there. God may not come the way you expect God to come, but God will never leave you alone. God is, and according to this psalm, we read a story about, a passage about an image of God. A God who is attentive and loving. A God who is able to rescue and to save those who call out on God. Now, the words in this text are, are, are interesting. And going to be heard quickly. The words in verses 1 through 3 say clearly, That this psalmist is seeking refuge and finding refuge. And the irony is that while he is seeking refuge, he is celebrating past experiences of finding refuge in God. So that even while he's seeking, he's experiencing a sense of security because of the relationship that has been sustained from the time of his birth, he writes in this psalm. So that the very time he was born, God, he had been leaning on God. He had this relationship with God. He had knew from his past that God had delivered him, had spoken to him clearly, and even now when he's crying out again, was already coming to his aid. Now, that, that's a beautiful kind of thought that even while we're crying out for God, God is already on the way. And even while we're crying out to God because of our past relationship with God, we can trust God to come. What a difference that makes. What a difference that makes in the understanding of trust and hope when we have past experiences with a God who has come through for us. Now, if you're praying for a new car with no payments and no cost to your parents, that may not be the prayer that gets answered. I'm just saying. If you're praying for the best job on the block and being able to move to the most expensive home in America, that's not what I'm saying. But if you're praying that God will lead you to a place... Where a child has been abandoned will give you ears to hear the cries of a child who's not being taken care of. God just might come rushing to your side for that prayer. You see, we pray about so many things in this country. God forgive us because so much of it has to do with our wealth and our own prosperity and for our own children. It's a good thing, too, because it allows us to look at videos like we just saw and not dwell on the fact that there are thousands, yes, even millions of children who are starving for love and attention that we could provide in the snap of a finger, and yet we don't. I see better when I'm out of the light. I don't know if y'all see me better, but you don't really need to see me anyway. Just listen. If we ever started focusing on the ills of the world, the United Methodist Church could become the largest, most important vessel for the Lord's work on this earth because we have the wealth, we have the knowledge, we have the theology, we have the organization to make incredible things happen. If only we can see beyond our own needs of more security, more wealth, And move on past that to the numbers in the world where they would leave a baby wrapped up in a toe sack. Where they would abuse children so long that they would be infested with. It's unthinkable to us. And even in a church of believers as small as us, and even when we are so involved in so many mission ministries, I know some of you are probably saying, Doug, you know we already have a page full of ministries. Yeah, I know. And that's why I came to ask you to think about doing another one. (laughs) Because so many congregations won't do even one. But you have a heart and a calling to be in mission. You even have your own school. You're the only United Methodist school in the state. That is approved by the University City and the United Methodist Church. You're the only church, probably of your size, that dares to go into the world with the vigor you go into all the nations you go. You do that because you have a love for others, and because you see yourself as a hand of God to rescue people who are seeking a refuge. Now in that word, refuge. If you go back and look closely at that, then it's not just about a wall. In fact, when he says, you're my rock, the word rock there in the Old Testament is largely used not to mean just a huge boulder or a place of defense. But rather, it is also meant a force from which deliverance can come. And that's the, that's the passage that, that is why it's used so often in the scriptures. God wants you to understand that God is not just about running and hiding behind God's robe. But God is a God who comes out from behind what is around God in order to reach out into the world to save people. That's how that shepherd wondered why he wandered into the presence of this baby who was still alive. Because God wanted to save baby Moses. What's Moses going to do? I have no clue. And neither does Moses. Right now he's just goo gooing and agagain and being raised by in a great big family where he's loved and cared for by Jerry and Tammy and all the workers. Instead of dying and useless in a shallow, neglected grave. God wants us to move beyond where we are. He says, you are my hope and you are my trust. Hope, trust together, make us difference. He said, I have learned since my birth and therefore my praise is continually of you. I praise God that somebody is as crazy as Jerry is. Jerry is a crazy man. I'm so glad that I met a crazy man because they're hard to come by. We live in a world of... (laughs) Intelligence and knowledge. that most of us would never be silly enough to think that God could raise a half million dollars to save 260 lives at a time over the years to come, much less that God would give that vision to a man as old as Jerry who's talking about living to be 120. He's serious about that, too. Can you imagine what he'll be like when he's 120? I, I, I... he must have been reading the book of Genesis or something. You know, the story of Abram and Sarah having that baby when they were... God couldn't be doing something like that again, could he? Well, be better if Jerry's going to finish that building because Jerry's going to be here a while if he's going to take care of all that and raise all these kids because by the time he's 100, he's going to have probably 30 kids. And some of them will still be probably three or four years old or two or one, and he'll be saying, okay, God, I've got to live long enough to raise that baby. I think he's got a deal going here it's what he's figured out. He keeps taking in babies, and God keeps making him younger. I don't know all of that. I don't know why he's here this morning except to say this. What he has to say and what he's doing is more important than the sermon I was going to preach. And what's more important than that is a sermon that we have heard if it becomes a part of us. It wouldn't take much from each of us year after year after year to be a part of rescuing some people who need rescuing so desperately because they are crying out children for somebody to care for somebody to come in God's name and to rescue them from the arms of death will you pray with me now that other people who've been hearing these stories from Jerry over the years and there are many churches and groups that have been hearing them and most of them have done far too little They have sacrificed far too little in order to save in this place where there's so many children who could be the change agents for a whole new land, a whole new way of thinking in the place where they were born. Oh, God, send workers into your harvest. Inspire people who've been hearing the words from Jerry and seeing the pictures to carve out a portion of what they have regularly to make a difference in that place so that life can spring forth in the midst of graveyards and your children can live. This is our prayer for them and for us and for others as we live in your presence. Lord, if there's someone here who doesn't know about a God who rescues you, Anyone here who doesn't know Christ as their Savior, I pray this morning that they will feel the urge to respond to that Savior. Just to come on down in the front as we sing and offer their lives to Christ, for Christ is already ready to receive them. If there's anyone here, Lord, who doesn't have a church home, anyone here who's wandering as an individual rather than as a part of a body of Christ where strength and understanding and commitment are learned, let them know that this church family is ready to receive them as a part of this body of believers and let them come down so we can meet them and talk to them about becoming a part of the work of this church in this place. Inspire them, Lord. Move them. For I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.